Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen here. Pat McLean. Thanks for being part of our program. Glad you're here with us today as we talk about financial matters. Our objective is helping people make wise choices with their dollars, with their savings. By the way, most wealth, not inherited. Yes. Uh, it's not from winning the lottery. That's Yes. It's from hard work and diligent savings. Over periods of time and consistency. That's where wealth is most wealth. Last night, as I'm driving my 11-year-old daughter to her volleyball practice and another little friend in the back, Kendall says, hey, Scott, guess what? Kids like to start with guess what. Which Did she call you Scott or Mr. Hansen? She called me Scott. Okay. Did you correct her? No, like whatever. Nice. I don't like, I really don't care. Okay. As long as you're respectful to me, then when I tell you no, we're not having a snack again right now, and please leave me alone. So this is your daughter's friend. Yes. So guess what? She says, I'm taking some of my saving, my, my, my birthday money and I'm going to invest in stocks. Wow. She says to me, wow. And she's 10 or 11. And I guess she must've thought she knew I was in the, some business of stocks somehow. So she having this conversation. Because your license plate says (laughs) S-T-K-T-R-D-R. But she says, what do you think? And I said, well, I think that's kind of interesting. That's, what companies are you considering? And she says, well, I'm thinking about Disney. I think Disney might be a great place. And I said, what will you do when the, the value goes down? Like what happens if you put your money from your birthday in the stock and it goes down? She's like, well, what do you mean? Why would it go down? Right? So we, <laughs> we had a quick conversation about long-term investments. But then I said to her, I said, Kendall, I said, I think that's great. Invest in stocks are great. Find good companies. I said, you're going you're gonna to have your, most of your financial success is not going to be on your ability to pick stocks. It's going to be in your career, in what, whatever profession you decide to do, and becoming good at that and being a diligent saver and investor. That's where, if you want financial security, it's not going to be by picking the right stocks. It's going to be by, by working on your own, yourself and your career. What's the most amazing thing is that you're having this conversation with an 11-year-old. I don't know if she was listening by or that 12. point. Okay. <laughs> Quite frankly. Like you were listening to yourself. She was probably distracted. <laughs> I was proud of myself. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, you, think, you look at these uh, stock contests they have in high school and stuff. You've got three months of three-month stock contests. Like, three months. Like, how in the world are you going to be able to... I mean, it's all pure yeah, luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three months. Pure yes, luck. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. There. Anyway, so <laughs> this program is designed to help people when they've accumulated those dollars, how to best allocate those to make sure that these dollars that you worked hard for, you've saved, make sure they do what you need them to do to be able to maintain your same standard of living through the rest of your life to help help with the grandkids or whatever those objectives are in your life. Yeah, there are lots of components to a good uh, retirement, and part of it is actually – your investments. The other part is the financial planning around it, surrounding those investments. But you know, it's it. It's this has been an interesting. Oh, by the way, if you'd like to join the show, it's eight three three ninety nine worth eight three three ninety nine worth. That's nine 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 six seven eight four. If you have a question regarding your investments, IRAs, required minimum distributions, estate planning, taxes, you you know the drill. Um, you know the drill. So I. I I came across this and it's been an interesting year with how certain investments are going up and the others are going down and this SPACs, the special purpose acquisition companies. Who was I laughing with the other day? It was one of my kids about SPACs. Um, anyway, I came across this article and I thought it was really interesting. The Russell 2000 Value Index. Now, 2000 are small cap stocks. Yeah, small companies that are viewed as bargains relative to the rest of the market that's the value that's value growth are usually companies that have high growth rates you're willing to pay a little more value is they they tend to be cheaper relative to the earnings right so because of the meme stocks amc and GameStop specifically 
these were small cap value stocks. So if you look at the Russell 2000 <laughs> value index, you know where this is going, I, I right? I do. I didn't read the article. I like it, though. It, the value stocks, the small caps, is up 22% this year, the value. And the growth stocks are up 5.2% this year. So you look at the difference. So there's two ways. There's a bunch of ways to measure these small caps. You can measure the small caps, value, growth, or just the overall index. What, what percentage of the index did these two stocks represent? So uh, a significant, not at the very beginning of yes. it, they didn't, but now they uh, represent a significant portion of that index at this point in time. But the point behind this is it actually tells you why diversification is so important over long periods of time because no one would have predicted that AMC and GameStop would have driven the small cap value index up by 22% based on a bunch of uh, people in their basement pumping stocks, the meme stocks. <laughs> no <makes> one. <laughs> what was the guy's name, the main guy? Uh, oh, he was a stockbroker. He yeah, was sanctioned. Um, he, was, he was dressed like a pirate or something, right? Yeah. What was that guy's name? Crazy. Yeah, he was. He, Wall Street Journal had a good podcast on that. It's uh, interesting. So this just tells you that when your friends are telling you how much they made in that one individual stock, um, don't pay any attention to them because it is all luck. Over time, a well diversified portfolio in good, well managed companies will perform. But all in all, but still, small cap value are are outperforming this year relative to their small cap growth, which is unusual. Uh, well, some would say over the long term they will outperform, but they've been underperforming for so long. Which that... is unusual in the short term, was my point. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's uh, take some calls here, 833-99-WORTH. Actually, I ran into a guy at a restaurant, we were talking, and he was a friend of a friend, and he introduced me, and he's like, hey, investments, go, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I manage a small cap value portfolio. This is about a year and a half ago. And I said to him, how's life? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, awful, awful. If I ran into him today and said, how's life? He would say, oh, it's incredible. It just happened to be the sector that he managed money in. Right. That's the challenge. When If you try to judge someone by a short-term performance, let's say you're out there and say, I want to find the best small cap fund. The ones that are going to pop up are the ones that are in those those particular stocks that have recently done well. The question is, did the money manager buy those stocks recently? recently yeah or it's just something they bought a long time ago and it just became back in yeah and what was the thesis for their purchase and could they repeat it no one knows considering that most active managers cannot outperform the index that's why there's so many assets in passive funds these days let's uh take some calls let's talk with tracy tracy you're with all worth's money matters hi good morning hi tracy how are you so thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm actually just calling to inquire. I have some money, well, my husband and I, we have some money in New Zealand, and we would like to transfer the money from the account in New Zealand here to the United States. Um, I'm not sure about the best way of doing it. I'm currently waiting for my residency to be finalised. So at this point in time, I'm unable to work. I can't open a bank account. Um, or even have a joint account with my husband until I get my social security number. So I'm just concerned if we bring, we have $50,000 New Zealand available to us that we have been considering to transfer here to the United States to pay off higher interest debt that we currently have. Um, at the moment, New Zealand is in lockdown. Yeah. Um, the economy isn't doing so well. The Prime Minister has had people in a lockdown order for coming up 30 days, I believe. It's, so it's, been, the interest rate it's been amazing to watch both New Zealand and Australia and their response yeah, to this absolutely. and the differences between it, the two. Well, both has, of those are and, locking. I mean, they're just to different degrees. Yeah. yeah. People are getting pretty frustrated, um, understandably. Small businesses are really struggling. Um, in New Zealand, they do have a um, a social. The government's more involved, so they have a social 
welfare system where anyone that's in lockdown currently in Auckland, which is the biggest population, the government's guaranteeing them a wage subsidy. So I'm not sure where the government's going to find that well, money. That's well, my question. Because you obviously sound yeah. like you're from New Zealand, right? Yeah, and absolutely. How, yeah, does, yeah. how long can New Zealand last without tourism? Well, exactly. It's been a while. That's how many? What's the population? Start. Four million? Five million? What is New Zealand? Small, isn't it? Yeah, about about four point five million. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, it's it's like it's yeah. like the San Francisco Bay Area. Smaller. Yeah, yeah. The population wise. <laughs> it, it, and by the way, what a beautiful, beautiful country! Well, what an absolutely beautiful country! What uh, marvelous people! So. Um, we're not a tour show, though, so let's talk about finance. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, so exactly. So our concern is, you know, the best option for us, uh, the best way to bring money to the United States um, so it doesn't affect the tax. Um, I'm not sure. Do we have to contact IRS? Like, uh, how no, do we go no. about transferring? So, so you've got to disclose You'll have to disclose, and I don't know what the mechanism there is, but there's no tax a, obligation on it. You should be able to just wire these funds using the SWIFT, the Swift code. Yes. It's a, 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 right, right. Yeah. But but the problem is, is you can't open an account here. You said you're married to an American? That's correct, yes. Well, how long is it going to take before you can get your Social Security number? Well, hopefully it won't be too much longer. It should have happened already, but because of COVID – immigration officers closed down and I guess now they're on skeleton staff. So we've been waiting two and a half years. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why you can't just, how long have you been married? Uh, just over two and a half years. And if you were to bring these dollars into the U S would you commingle them with your husbands? Yes. Yes. It's, uh, it's, you why know, can't we you, why, finances. Why, we, yeah. Why can't you, why can't you institute a transfer from your account in New Zealand to your husband's account in the U.S.? I'm absolutely all for doing that. I was just worried, is that likely to, if it's, say, 50,000 in New Zealand, yeah. we're looking at approximately thirty-two to 34,000 Americans uh-huh. um, because of the exchange rate. Yeah. So is that going to throw his income? Oh, nothing. No, it's not tax. It doesn't have anything to do. So here's what happens. is So it doesn't – I could give you a million dollars today, Tracy. I could say, okay. Tracy, you That'd are nice. next to my friend Rick Kirk. You're one of the nicest Kiwis I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> who is a, a well, good friend of mine. Decent, I think, but uh, <laughs> my good friend, Rick Kirk, who was a Kiwi. Um, you, I could, I could give you a million dollars today and it's not a taxable event for you. It could be a taxable okay. event for me, but it's not a taxable event for you. So okay. what you, but there will possibly have to, and the bank may disclose it to the government, but you don't care. Right. You're not breaking any laws. No. You're not trafficking drugs. No. You're not sneak, uh, s- right. sneaking uh, any Kiwi birds over the border. You're not doing anything that's illegal. <laughs> so yeah, much right. like I, I, t- I was I was buying an RV years ago and I went to the bank and I said, I want $18,000 in cash. And the lady at the bank says to me, you can't have $18,000 in cash. It's against the law. And I said, are you her, kidding me? Yeah, good, I said to her, good I could, training program at the I bank. I said to her, I could have a million dollars in cash. You can't stop mm-hmm. it. It's my money. If I ask for it, you have to give it to me. I take him a little while right. to come up with a million dollars in currencies. But mm-hmm. I said, and you have to have the million dollars in the bank too. Well, that's that. you got that too. But um, the I said to her, you only have to disclose it to the government. But it doesn't mean it's illegal. And. She said, well, then we're going to tell the government that you took $18,000. And I said, you can tell the government anything you want. I don't care. And then the, it's up to the government to respond. In fact, I just went through my anti-money laundering uh, annual training annual training yesterday. So this is pretty fresh. Uh, just transfer the money into your husband's account. Okay. And yeah. it's that That's easy. That's what we were – that that, can, that's pretty much what we were planning on doing. Just contact the bank um, in New Zealand. Say I want to. I want to transfer these dollars to um, uh, my husband. You, you should have every right to transfer your money to whomever you would like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, apparently, the New Zealand Prime Minister has gone on to say that she's only going to guarantee a hundred thousand dollars into in anyone's account. Oh my. Um. So based on the oh. way New Zealand's going right now, that's a bit scary. I want to make sure that we don't lose money. <clears throat> so uh, you're talking about uh, a you're talking about a guaranteed uh, 
equivalent to the FDIC insurance in the United States, where these are these are deposits, yes. guaranteed deposits, and the government is lowering yes. the amount that's going to be guaranteed because of the pandemic. Yes. Yep. Yep. Hundred thousand dollars is all she'll guarantee. Oh, that's awful. So that is just bad, 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 bad. That's bad for business. Scary, huh? Bad for business, yeah, yeah. bad for business. Yeah. And what a beautiful, yeah. truly, what a beautiful country. So I appreciate the call. Um, thank yeah, you. I thank appreciate you. your insight and your, and your help. So yeah. thank you. You, um, have, you have eased my worries. All right. All right good. Thanks, thank you, Tracy. Glad to do so. You know, I actually, I was, I was telling my friend who's from New Zealand, Rick, I said, yeah, no, it would be, uh, the Americans would, if it wasn't so hard to get there, it would be one of the most popular tourist destinations in the world for Americans if it wasn't so hard to get to New Zealand. Just the, the length of time, the flight. It's really hard to get there. It's, it's, and matter of fact, there's not the, this is pre-COVID. I went with my wife uh, to New Zealand, which we had a great uh, vacation together. But coming back, there's, uh, there's not that many flights. And I, I was flying back on United, and there's whatever the Air New Zealand, there's some sort of carrier that's all part of the, uh, whatever this one, whatever the, Whatever they they, they, the master yeah, yeah. class, whatever. But if I, I went to buy the, that inner island ticket on United's website, it was like 600 bucks. It was like 150 bucks on the New England air. So I bought a New England air. Well, the challenge, my New England flight was air was delayed. And because I didn't buy it through United, they pretty much says, you're screwed. Like, so you missed your flight? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, the one that was really expensive. If, it, if I had bought it through United, they would have they guaranteed, guaranteed But not... So I ended up having to wait uh, 24 hours an extra day. Not exactly like in the night. I know everyone's thinking how hard my life is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when you're stuck in New Zealand for another day. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next call. <laughs> As I'm saying Sylvester. <laughs> Sylvester, thanks for joining Allworth. What can we do for you? Hi, guys. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yes, are you on uh, Are you on a speakerphone or on a is motorcycle? That, yeah, or is it a hurricane? Yeah, give me a motorcycle. <laughs> Actually, it was my hair. Let me go to phone here real okay, quick. Okay, thank you. Uh, trying to trying to multitask. And so. in fairness to Sylvester, <laughs> oftentimes people are waiting a little while so that yeah, so, multitask. Yeah, if you could get us on yeah, the no, it's, it's worth the wait. The um, enjoy your guys' show. Enjoy your guys' format. Thank you. Uh, nice information. Um, I got a question for you. I got a son and daughter-in-law, twenty-six years old, doing all the right things. And um, he only makes like $30,000 a year, but he has at least a year and a, a quarter savings saved up. Uh, just how did he, how did he save, for, how did he save? So a year and a quarter, so he's close to $40,000 saved. How did he save 40, yeah, 40 yeah, grand as has, a 26 has, year old making 30 grand? A year? He has about that. And um, he listens to Dave Ramsey and, you know, tries to get informative. He's not that familiar with you guys' show because he has Saturdays off, so that's like family time. So you got to respect that. So, um, you know, fathers can sometimes say things and have listened to the show. What would be some of the advice to should he invest a, a small percentage or a larger percentage, a third or so, in gold or silver versus just stagnant cash, you know, sitting around? Is he married? He's married. And he has kids? Um, they are married. Have have one kid, one grandson, three years old. And does he have a 401k available through his employer? He does. He does. He just uh, started with this employer, uh, and I think he, he puts in maximum. I think he puts in 10%. Okay, so he can put – their max is higher than that. Um, the max is higher do, than that. Do they own a home yet? No. All right. No. And that, that's that's the hope and, and, and prayer to – Okay. Kind of see what happens with COVID when things start. Hopefully, prices will kind of come down, and okay. we may move out of state. We're in California right now. Got it. So here's what I want him to do. Here, I want I want you to I want him to keep these dollars in cash. I don't want him to invest any part of it. So he wants to maximize his 401k. To and the reason for that, like the next, the best thing he could be doing with the, starting his family is owning a home. Over the long term, that's your best chance for financial security you get to later in life and don't own a home yeah it's a challenge and so what you just told us is that he's he 26 and single we might not be saying that but he's married with a kid like yeah, yeah. and he makes thirty thousand dollars a year so if he's working full time that's fifteen dollars an hour so how did he save so much money well with a wife just, and kid you know, does his wife make yeah, a lot of money no 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 like i said over the course of time um he's seen the value of his parents mistakes 
and basically is a saver, right? So, you know, that's a blessing and curse, a blessing for him and curse in my journey. But, you know, sometimes the appearance of failure can, you know, if you know the story, there's a lot of success, right? Because everything's not monetary tied. Of course. But when you have money, you can learn about money. And that's what's great about your guys' show and stuff, because people listen, they learn, and that's what it's about. So, well, I appreciate he, that. Um, so he, he makes he makes like he makes like nineteen bucks uh, clearing and everything. He makes about I don't okay. know thirty some thousand dollars a year, not including overtime if he puts it in. Okay. Um, and and the goal is to get into a home, but without him, without him having a higher earning power, he can only get proof for so much, and especially here in California. That, that 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 that's right. So here's here's what I want him to do. So he he makes forty grand a year. So there's two thousand eighty work hours in the year, and you said he's making nineteen dollars an hour. So he makes about forty thousand dollars a year, significant amount of money saved. He wants to keep this money. So put fifteen percent in his four hundred one k and put it a hundred percent in equities. Then okay. what I want him to do is I want him to go to bankrate.com and on bankrate.com, it will show online banks. So the couple of ones that you could look at today are Ally gonna, and Synchrony. I mean, the interest is still, Scott, it's he, still terrible. It, it, he's going to get a half a percent. Yeah. So I was actually on bankrate.com the day before yesterday. Oh, exciting day for you. <laughs> You're like, I think I'll check out interest rates on bankrate.com. <laughs> actually, I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> wake the kids, call the neighbors. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you see the yield on this? It's a half a percent. Um, so but he, it gets him started. You know, that's right. That's Listen, it's about, a discipline. You know, being it, young. It's a discipline. So he wants to put that money in bank rate uh, in either one of those high yielding accounts on bankrate.com. So they'll list about 15 of them. Most of them are paying anywhere between a half a percent and six tenths of a percent. That's what he wants to do with those dollars um, and then leave everything else alone. Put the maximum into his 401k and go 100% equities there. And then if he doesn't have the ability to make a larger income in the state of California, he should consider a movement to another state. Yeah, Yeah. which a lot of young families are. And I think, by the way, Sylvester, I think he's doing great. And he can listen to this show via podcast anytime. And And we have more podcast listeners. And I imagine... Most 26-year-olds don't listen to radio anymore. And if he likes it on the podcast, he could go ahead and rate it, which would be good for us. Review. Give us a review. review. Yeah. Which There's something be- nice about us. Anyway, appreciate the call. And he had mentioned gold, and we didn't even go down that um, path. Didn't even respond which, to it. But I, I'm going to talk about it briefly because it's been um, – this last August was 50 years that President Nixon had came and said that we are no longer going to be on the gold standard, our U.S. currency. Matter of fact, he interrupted a show of bonanza to come on and tell the nation that we're moving off the gold standard. The Cartwrights. <laughs> so it's 50 years ago. But there's a lot of talk, particularly with inflation. Inflation's coming up. Like, should we make sense to buy gold right now? Well, the reality is gold has been a very poor uh, uh hedge against inflation because the correlation has not been there at all. And you can go through other periods of time. And I think a lot of people will go back and look at the early eighties when we had hyperinflation, there was a lot going on in the gold market at that time as well. Um, And gold did rally tremendously, but it's been all over the map. I mean, we had, besides that huge run, I had a good run about 10 years before the financial crisis for a little while, for a little while. Um, but if you go back to the if you go back to 50 years ago when we went off the gold standard, gold has done well. It's it's gained 8.2 percent a year. The S and P 500 has grown 11.2 percent since that time, assuming you reinvested dividends, three percentage points more by owning factors of production as opposed to just putting your money in some precious metal with the hopes that someone will pay more for it in the future. And the volatility associated with that? It's been, it's, it's been worse than the I mean, no better than the overall market. I would say worse. If you look at trends, I mean, gold from 1980 through 2000, it, at about 20-year period, it just kept declining. Yeah. It's been more volatile than stocks by far. And, and, and declines over a longer period of time, which makes it actually harder to hang on to the investment. Versus volatility over short. Nobody liked gold for years. Nobody liked gold because it was doing so. Yeah. So when the gold bugs arise, 
And like, what's the point? It's not a factor of production. And by the way, what determines the price of gold over a period of time? The cost associated with getting it out of the ground and refining it. It is like any other commodity. How much gold do you own? Zero. Yeah, I don't own any of this. I don't have any problem with someone owns a couple percent of it, but you don't want to bet your future on, on gold. Anyway, we're taking a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue on with some calls. 833-99-WORTH is the number. This is All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of All Worth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. All right, welcome back to All Worth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. Pat McClain. Financial Matters. Retirement age is trending down after it had been trending up for a long period of time. And according to a New York Fed survey... Not just New York, by the way, the New York Federal Reserve. Uh, nearly half of Americans said they expected to retire before turning age 62. I find that hard to believe. The survey? Yes. I just find it hard to believe. Just because of the, well, maybe my view of the world is a little different than most. What do you mean? Well, because the numbers have been going up for years and years and years, and now this is a significant drop in the num- in the age of which people before the age of 62. Before the age of 62, yes. a significant drop of what we have seen historically. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what it is. The average 401k balance is uh $129,000, so I don't know what they're going to retire on. There's um, 754,000 IRAs that are worth more than a million dollars. So that, that. 754,000? IRAs. That number seems slow to me. That's got to be. I'm just looking through these statistics of this thing here. Does it seem low to you? Seven hundred fifty-four thousand, or worth more than a million? That does sound a little low. That's got to be. Yeah, I don't know where that. Although that's probably right. <laughs> I mean, the reality is that a lot of people are woefully underprepared for retirement, a lot and of... I guess some people don't care. No, it's I mean, okay. I had someone, I remember a number of years ago, someone came to me and said, Scott, why, how come you guys have like minimum account balances, which we really don't, I mean, we have a kind of a minimum working relationship, like, so we'll do some financial planning, we have like minimum fee, but um, it's like, how come you don't help people who don't have much money? And I said, well, we tend to specialize with people as they transition into retirement. So if somebody, by the time they've worked their entire life, gets to the retirement stage and doesn't have anything saved, how am I going to help? Like, yeah. What am I supposed to do at that point? Like, I mean, we've done this pro- program for years. If someone's been listening, they can certainly take our advice and do well. And They can call the show. Or, or you're going to be their bearer of bad news that you're going to tell someone that they're going to have to sell their $600,000 house with their $400,000 mortgage and move to... A uh, small town in uh, Iowa and buy a $150,000 house with cash and live comfortably on Social Security? Is that the job you want? I've had those conversations many times. That's the job you want? <laughs> right. Here's the here's the retirement you want? Okay, well, here's the retirement you can have. I mean, that's, let's just be frank. Look, I, I didn't create this. I didn't create this environment. Don't get mad at me. You asked for my advice. Our rule at Allworth is tell people what they need to hear. And it's not necessarily what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. And so you look at these statistics that we just shared with you about people wanting to retire prior to the age of 62. That is not, for many people, a realistic view of life. Right? And if you're still healthy, you also need to figure out what you're going to do with your time. Yes. I had breakfast this morning. 
with a neighbor of mine who's, I don't know, did he describe himself as retired or unemployed? I teased him he was unemployed. Uh-huh. I bought him breakfast and I said, no, you're unemployed. Let me buy. <laughs> he bristled at that comment because <laughs> um, I was teasing him. He, but he's somebody who financially could, I'm assuming, could be fine just based upon what I know of him. He's had some other businesses and... But he's like, it's, it hasn't even been that long, and he's kind of bouncing off the walls. He'd sold the business, like, didn't know what to do with himself. Like, Probably driving himself crazy. Yeah. And our discussion at breakfast was nothing about his finances. It was all about, like, what what, what do you what do you want to do? What do you think you're good at? And like, yeah, he's just something to do, someone to talk to. Well, I asked him to, he, oh. he, he I just had a feeling that. that you're a nice guy. No, I'm not, that's why I brought up the story. <laughs> so I could get credit. <laughs> That Hanson, what a nice guy. <laughs> what a nice guy. I think it had more to do with just because your retirement age, even if you've got the financial assets, That's there's many people that continue to work. One consideration. One consideration. Having said that, it is a, it's a goal of ours that as many people as possible get to the point where they've got financial independence so that work is an option and not an obligation. And it makes... Decision-making, that much Particularly easier. as you get older. Some people say, I never want to retire. You might have to retire. You might, at one point in time, want to retire. And you might want to retire. You might change your mind. Things change. Things do change. Things change. Environments change. All right, so let's uh, take some more calls here. 833-99-WORTH is the number. We are in Colorado talking with Ken. Ken, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hey, guys. You're right. You, you need something to do when you retire. Otherwise, you go crazy. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> and you're retired, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, I'm, a reti- I'm retired, and um, I actually work for a uh, – I volunteer at a consumer radio show, and I volunteer with AARP, so that keeps me pretty busy. Oh, good but for here, you. What's a question. consumer radio show? Um, it's the uh, Tom Martino Troubleshooter Show. It's been on the air in Denver for over 40 years, and it's uh, we deal with all sorts of uh, consumer issues. Yep. Yep. People who have been ripped off or defrauded oh. Let, so, or have problems with any kind of business or um, we, we try and help them out and solve the problem. So let, let's say, Ken, so this is what you guys do. Let's say I bought a waterbed and it had a slow leak <laughs> in it, right? Yeah. I could call you. And if I was getting no satisfaction from the waterbed company that sold me the waterbed, we would we would we would we would get in touch with the company. Ah. We'd go to bat for you. We try and get you know yeah. as Justice. high up on the chain as possible. Deal with media Thank relations you. or deal with the uh, the uppy up and try and get you uh, right. cut through the red tape and get it fixed for you. That, and I was just using the waterbed as an example. My waterbed does well, not have a leak waterbed. in it. <laughs> so but anything God. like that, you know. Any kind of problems with warranties or yep. people not performing, co- contractors who don't live up yep. to their promises. Got it. We get on their case and. Uh, you're, you're the were, you an, were you an attorney? No, I'm a retired OBGYN. Oh, oh you are. Oh, cool. Oh, you know, so I have four children and it was not an easy path for us. Our last child, we named uh, his middle name after the OBGYN. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. John, wow. Dr. John Candy. It was not an easy path for my wife and I have four kids. Your doctor's name was John Candy? That's, that's, that should have been a sign right there that it wouldn't be an easy process. Well, that's a comedian. As oh, an anyway, so anyway, so thank you for the, the work you did. Um, what can we do for you? Here's a quick question. I just sold my house for $475,000. I'm having a new one built, which won't be ready for approximately 10 to 12 months. What what can I do with that much cash to get some kind of reasonable return, knowing that I'm going to need it in a year to buy my new place? What do you think you should do? Well, I certainly don't. I'm, I don't want to put it at risk. And I want to know if there's any anything other than putting in a bank and getting one percent return that would be safe and maybe give me a little better return on that much cash. Well, if you got one percent, you'd be twice as good as most people out in the marketplace. The challenge is, and here's here's the environment we're in. So the Federal Reserve um, has chosen this path of ultra low interest rates. Uh, and so as the Fed's lower interest rates, it lowers rates of all other secure type investments by its very nature because rates are tied to that. And, the, and, and so when we've got 
rates next to zero, the banks are paying next to zero. To earn anything more than that, we've got to take on some degree of risk. And with some degree of risk, there's 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 the risk of maybe someone default, not paying you back, the investment not coming to fruition. And there's also the risk of things just fluctuate in value. And with a 10 or 12-month hold period, it's not enough time to go through a full market cycle, right? Because things go through cycles. So, so the worst thing you could do is you take this 475000 your house is being built, you're all excited, you put it in some investment. When you go to need the money, pull the money out, it's worth three ninety. Right? If exactly it grows my point. Yeah. Right? If it grows from four seventy five to four ninety, well that would be great. But the question is, are you willing to bet the house to make a few extra dollars on the upside? No. no. Well that was my question. Is there is there a safe investment other than just Two putting banks. It into a money a money market? Are you married? Uh, no, I'm single. Okay. Two banks. Two banks. Because Go online. Is the money in the name of a trust? And just park it somewhere for a year. Yeah. yeah. So, so is is do you have a trust in place? Uh, no, I don't. A living, a living trust. Then two banks. So I mean, what? If, think about. Can think about if this was a year and a half ago in the early days of the pandemic, and you needed these dollars. Everything was falling in value. Well, no, I agree with you. I, yeah. I, yeah. I obviously, I was just looking for somewhere yep. that there, might pay. If, you know, and if someone two percent, yeah. no, if someone no. tries to tell you that it doesn't exist, they're they're lying to you. So if go to bankrate.com, go to bankrate.com, and by the way, uh-huh. we are not underwritten, nor do we get any advertising for bankrate.com. Although I wouldn't we be, should. A, I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to it. Let's just get right out there. I am a businessman. If Bankrate <laughs> wants to advertise on our show, our podcast, we'd be more than happy to Maybe. take their money. We don't but, take. But but uh, bankrate.com and look to the list of the online banks and then you want to split it up too to do different banks because of is Scott's correct the FDI insurance is only up to two hundred and fifty thousand per person right right and the reason I asked if it was in a trust for the rest of the listeners it's per person times the number of beneficiaries in the trust not to exceed four. Okay, well, I appreciate the you, uh, appreciate the input, and I will go do that. Are you staying in the same region? Just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. houses. I'm only uh, the house is a mile away from where I'm living now. And where are you going to be living in the interim? Um, I've, I've rented a place. Huh? Good for you. That's the smartest way to do it. Yep. I yep. mean, I got to tell you, right? Because people not exposing yourself to market yeah. risk in that 12 month period. Yep. Exactly. Let's say I. I the, the risk tolerance is zero. I just thought maybe there was some short-term. Yeah. And feel, by the way, rate, feel but. proud. Feel proud of having low risk. I mean, you're, look, this is, for this, what you're trying to, what you're accomplishing here at this stage in your life, you're retired. You spent your career helping life come into those world, right? Um, uh, and now you're, you're spending some of your other time helping out in areas that you can. This is not the time, like, no matter what you're going to do, on the upside, your life's not going to get any better. But if you make a poor choice, your life could get worse. So what's the? Why would you want to do anything that's gonna could make your life worse if you're not gonna have any upside? Which includes selling your home and living in a rental for twelve months while the new home is being built, so that you don't expose yourself Absolutely. to to the real estate risk over that twelve month period. Well, you know, the, the market the market in Denver is so hot that I took advantage of it. Yeah, and you know, made it's a nice high profit on the sale. It's hot everywhere. It's a crazy market. We appreciate the call, Ken, and hope it all goes well. It, I tell you, but with um, market cycles, like no one can predict when they're going to come. Real estate market's on fire. It looks like there's some some softening in many markets. Not seeing things bid up multiple times. Things are slowing off a bit. Still up dramatically. What up twenty somewhat percent year over year? Obviously. It's not going to continue like this every year. Otherwise, just run out the numbers for a few more years. You'll see that nobody can afford a house, right? Um, so it's not they, they won't continue like this forever. But it's anyone's guess when they're going to have a pullback on them. Yeah, I, I just, I, I haven't been able in my brain been able to actually figure out what the actual driver of the increase is, other than the mania around. Uh, 
buy it now before it gets too expensive. Because the last time around, it was the financing. But we're starting to see that again, the securitization of loans um, and the uh, sloppy underwriting that that is taking place. That's back, right? Um, I heard a commercial the other day where it said there's no income verification and for self-employed. And I'm like, wow, it didn't take long to forget that little lesson. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on what, what has been the driver? Is it liquidity in the marketplace? Is it, it's not yeah. increased wages. I think it's, it's a couple of things. If one is with remote work. Okay. People can, there's people who can afford second homes have been buying second homes. So if you look in those, which is maybe a smaller, obviously a smaller percentage, you, you look in any of those sort of communities, which would be a nice place to have a, a vacation type community. A lot of those vacation homes have been snapped up. And you can understand it was an, in, an overnight increase in demand because people who before thought I can only take three weeks of vacation a year now suddenly have a job where they can work uh, a good portion of the time somewhere else. Remotely. Yes, I did. I didn't buy a house during this, but I worked remotely from a second home. As I did part of the time as well. Okay. Um. But I, but I, I think a lot of it is just these low interest rates – it's it, it's the low interest rates. It's low interest rates, isn't it? I mean, they can't get much lower, right? They're under three percent now for a thirty-year mortgage. And 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 people and if you that have good me- credit quality are able to qualify relatively easily. The supply in the marketplace, because of the disruption in the supply chain, hasn't seen new homes come on board. I talked to a friend of mine. Is he sells homes in Houston area, new brand new homes, right? Um. He had a period of time where they told him, don't sell any more houses. You can't, because of it, they can't get whatever they can't get. They can't get, I think, garage door openers. They couldn't get garage door openers. I think that was one of the things. You God, can't for, sell, God forbid you actually use your own oh. muscle to open it up like it did back in the day. <laughs> when the springs would break every once in a while? Yeah, yeah, just stand clear. <laughs> <laughs> trying to put the new springs on. Oh, yeah. Your dad's in there swearing. <laughs> Your mom's. Yes, that's right. The good old days. Your mom's like, stand back. <laughs> I think most of us had those experiences. We've been around a long time. Those old garage doors. Okay. No, those springs. My point. So, literally, they had a period of time. They, they, they came and said, you can't sell any more homes. And so I said to him, like, what, what did you do? Like, I mean, don't you get paid commissions? He says, well, yeah, because, but we already had enough in the, in the construction process to keep us engaged. And they had so much, like, obviously, I'm assuming he only gets paid when they close. Right. So he's mm-hmm. got a tremendous incentive to make sure that the people are on the books. But then he said, uh, then I talked to him like, two, I don't know, a month or so ago. He said, they're back selling, not very many because uh, supply issues. But he said, the home prices are 20% higher than a year ago. 20 or 25%. 20, it's the same, he says the same exact model. Nothing's changed. Just the prices went from a $400,000 house to a $500,000 house. Just bam. Yep. But they fixed a lot of the supply chain issues. Oh, I don't know. They don't know. I don't <laughs> they, think so. They're like, okay, this door doesn't come with any locks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a nice neighborhood. Don't worry. There's no toilets, <laughs> but mankind's been living without these things for since the start of time, you'll be fine. So the, back to the, the – I, I, I agree with you. It's just low interest rates and actually people wanting to actually uh, improve their work environment, which is now yeah. home. And quite frankly, liquidity. Uh, the people have more money. When, the very beginning of this, my, I talked to my Not brother-in-law everybody. and sister-in-law, and I said, you know, your job won't be affected, but your cost of living will go down significantly. And they're like, how's that? I said, you're not going to come into work anymore, dry cleaning. You're not going to eat out as much. And, he, and sure enough, they're like, wow, you know, at the end of the day, we have a lot more net spendable yeah, yeah. income. There's a lot of that. All right, let's. Uh, we better go to the calls here uh, to join our program. Eight three three ninety nine worth. We'll get you on to All Worth Money Matters. We're talking with Lee. <clears throat> Lee, you're with All Worth Money Matters. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks. Good. How can we help? Well, I uh, I have a, a little um, 
bullion, gold, gold in a safe at home, and um, which, of course, you know, people say no safe deposit box and all that. But regardless of where I have it, um, you know, I was thinking this is a good time to buy more gold. But since the markets anticipate the future and gold has been flat for a long time, um, I'm wondering if it's actually a good time to get rid of it. I don't know if it's the digital currency or what is causing because it looks like inflation is coming, but the gold isn't isn't reflecting that the gold prices. Do you guys have any opinions about that? Well, yeah, um, I, the the fact that gold gold we were talking about earlier in the program today, the gold does not it's not it hasn't been a great hedge against inflation historically. There have been some times when there's been some correlation, but by and large, there's not much of a correlation between inflation and the price of gold. And I think oftentimes people point back to the late 70s, high, early 80s, when the um, interest rates were double digits and gold, and gold was running high through that time. But if you, if you back out that one period, it, 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 there's not a great correlation between, between gold and inflation. Uh-huh. And you, you, have, you have gold bullion. Why did you buy gold bullion as opposed to a financial asset? That, like GLD that's traded on an exchange. Just curiosity. Yeah. Well, I guess just because the the rumors I was listening to is that, you know, this whole economy is a house of cards. And if, if you don't have anything to trade with or barter with, you know, when the when the everything collapses, all your all your paper, all you've got is paper. You know, you, you can't really buy well, and sell anything. So. And if I were to hold gold, I would hold it the way you're holding it. I would hold it in the safe at home. Next to my guns. If you were to hold gold. Now, how much gold do you I hold? I don't own any, but... <laughs> but, but if, but, that, if but the driver... Based upon, yes. Based upon... If, if the driver is what you had just... The, uh, the scenario you just painted, I would have gold at home. I wouldn't have it in a safe either. I would not have it in a safe. I'd have it in a false wall somewhere in my house. Oh, okay. Because it's not going to burn if the house burns down. But if you right. if someone comes to your house and puts a gun to your safe, open, open safe. your safe. Yeah, good point. You're going to open the safe. Yeah, a little bit of gold in there just as a, as a head fake. And way, I agree with If Scott. you come to my house and make me open the safe, you're going to be, <laughs> there's not a whole lot there. Actually, so. the only thing in our safe at home is pictures, <laughs> uh, which is a strange thing because you can store them digitally now on, on a cloud good, yeah. somewhere, but we never got around to that. So, um, yeah. but but I agree with Scott. If If you're going to hold gold for that reason, you want to hold it if if you believe it's going to protect you in some sort of a you know wait end of earth scenario and you should yeah. actually follow that through with guns and ammunition and stores of food and water right right well, or or you just live in the economy that exists my gold but, what was that uh, I was going to barter my gold for your food and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I understand. Yeah, but but quite frankly, if if that's the and by the way, I, I don't own any physical gold, nor do I have an investments in gold because I believe over the long term that they will not serve my purposes as well as other investments. They are not a factor mm-hmm. of production. But if you're going to own gold for that particular reason, bring it the the, the thesis to its full conclusion and get the food. And the water and the guns, right? Ready. And, and a related issue, you know, uh, right now the dollar is still valuable, but if we go off the dollar, we go to digital currency, you know, the Great Reset or whatever it is that's going on, that too could uh, cause gold to go up. I guess if gold, but I don't know what what you well, guys think well, of, the of digital currency. So this digital currency, there are thousands of digital currencies. There's only hundreds of uh, national currencies. I don't even think there's that many, are there? Right. Well, there. And, and, well, I mean, a lot of what uh, was the country that just moved to El Salvador? Uh, moved to Bitcoin, right? El Salvador. The big experiment. The big Not a big experiment. experiment. It's a big experiment. But quite frankly, what they're, it's a the, way for government control. What, so they can fix the price but, of exchange internally there. But anyway, it's 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 their experiment to actually try to manipulate the economy. But if you look at all the countries around the world that have moved to the dollar as their basis, right, of, um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 of currency, 
the chances of and it's taken years and years and years. The chances of us uh, moving to a digital currency at some point in time, maybe it'll happen, but it's not going to happen in your lifetime or my lifetime or probably my children's lifetime. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I take so incredibly I good care of myself, so I'm going to live a long, long time. So then here's my last question. If, if somebody does have physical gold, you obviously don't want it in a high percentage, but if I want to sell it down to a certain percentage, would you go with like a 5%, 10%, 2%? I know you guys say zero, but for somebody that says, oh, I just need to have I'd, a little bit I'd, of gold. I'd hold it less than three. Okay. Scott? I don't know. Right, well. I wouldn't think about as percentages, more of how much do you think you need to, if it's, if it's truly <laughs> Armageddon kind of storage here, then how much do you think you're going to need in the future to be able to barter what you're going to need? Oh, that's a good point. Because well, what's know. the purpose yeah. of owning it to begin with? If you're owning physically gold, I mean, if it's that point, if it's at that stage, the gold might be worth a tremendous amount. One little flake might be old enough to buy a yeah, whole bag of grain. We're way onto a hypothetical here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I don't worry about that stuff. I have a little. I have a little silver too, but that you can't yeah. store very much. Anyway, that in a small but uh, you can put it. You you can uh, mold it into jewelry and it, it can adorn your your. Your wife there, so appreciate the call. Appreciate the call, Lee. And um, I understand that people's. um, I mean, at least at least Lee understands why he owns gold. Yes, right. So, which is your point was well taken. What's the purpose? Yeah, and what's the purpose of every one of your investments? What's the purpose? Right, and if you've got it, that that's your purpose. Then maybe that's the right decision for you. Truly. So anyway, we are out of time. We are here every week at this same time. If you haven't, uh, if you don't subscribe to our weekly newsletter, we send a, a great new newsletter out every Saturday and um, it's got some articles on there and I think you'll find it informative. To get a copy of that newsletter, go to allworthfinancial.com and uh, at allworthfinancial.com you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll uh, get updates on on a weekly basis from us. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. This has been Scott Hanson and Pat McLean of Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.